Welcome to the Vancouver Tech Podcast. My name is James. And I'm Drew. How you doing, Drew? I'm doing really well. How you doing, James? Good. If people listened for the first time last week, this is like, who's this guy? Oh, uh, yeah. We had Selena, Selena in here. That's right. How did that go? I heard it. It sounded pretty good. Yeah, it was fun. It was uh, it was cool having like someone else that was sort of new to the show, and she mm-hmm. was had like she has a lot of experience in like the community, and she was a lot like you. She moved around a lot. Yeah, she yeah. lived in different places. She came out to Vancouver recently. Yeah, she's great. I thought she'd fit in uh, really well, and looks like she did. So uh, hopefully, we'll have her uh, or even other people around if uh, either of us can't make it. Yeah, that'd be really sweet. As an interesting twist. Meetups around town. So anyway, we had a, a past uh, week of meetups, and we had mm-hmm. some pretty good ones. Did you make it out to any? Yeah, I made it out to two, as uh, actually. And one of them was uh, hosted by myself, so that's interesting. Oh, nice. <laughs> so that was the uh, the PHP meetup, yeah. and uh, grats on that. I, I made it out to that as well, and I thought it was uh, it was done really well. So you and uh, who was Arthur. the other guy? Arthur. Um, I think he did a great job putting it on. You had three people speaking uh, on some really interesting topics. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have heard more on the last topic, but that was kind of a, yeah. an off-the-cuff, uh, hey, here's PHP 7, here's some cool stuff. Yeah. And um, the guy speaking on it, he's actually uh, a part of New Relic. Yeah, yeah, he works on a New Relic, which is a massive company, mm-hmm. a massive service, which is uh, errors and logging, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do all that stuff. But um, I guess I didn't realize New Relic had such a huge PHP uh Part. No, I had no idea yeah. either. Um, and he was quite knowledgeable, so that was great. He kind of went through a, a, mm. a brief overview. I think he only had five minutes. Yeah, uh, more of a, an actual lightning talk. Well, it was but more the, like how to how to move your app from an old version to a the new version. Yeah, like and how, the, where and the resources some, are, and some good pointers to some docs. PHP, yeah, I think, has been pretty well known to have great docs, yeah. uh, regardless of. You know, yeah. it, it also is pretty well known for being bashed on by the community. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I went out. I'm not. Uh, I haven't done any PHP in the past couple of years. Yeah. I don't really have anything against it. And mm-hmm. in fact, I really mm-hmm. like its uh, concatenation operator. People give me a weird look whenever I yeah. say that, but I really do. Yeah. Um, but I liked, the, I liked the, the meetup itself. And I mentioned to some other people, you know, even if you're not doing PHP, you'll probably have a pretty good takeaway. And I thought uh, two main things that came up there, which I think are really relevant mm-hmm. to today's scene. Um, if people haven't used it, I'm still, I'm kind of surprised now, yeah. but there still are a lot of people. Uh, Vagrant came up and so did Docker. Yeah. And that was really cool. It was a kind of a gentle introduction to either of them. Um, and you could easily extract the PHP parts out of it. So good job. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I think it'll just get better as a, it's, it's me and Arthur's first uh, meetup, like mm-hmm. organizing. So first ones, you know, the initiation period, you know, yeah, and no. uh, then everything else after that should be uh, should be up and up. What was that? That was on a Thursday? Yeah, that was Thursday. It was actually a code core. So I spoke mm-hmm. to Tam and said, hey, it'd be really cool if we could uh, do our event here. Great location. Yeah. It was really supportive. They were awesome. So it was awesome. They're a great location. Excellent to work with as well. Uh, I say that with the caveat that I also am the lead TA there. So I'm there yeah. all the time. Sure. Um, anyway, uh, that was... Th- is it going to be going forward? Is it going to be the the, the first, the third, the last Thursday of yeah, every month? Or? We were thinking just every. Are we going to do one, another one in April? Another one. So in we're April. just going to. There is a lot of other meetups that have PHP as a as an underlying technology. There's the WordPress and Drupal. So we're mm-hmm. not. We're trying to trying to step on those ones. Right, um, right. Which is like is a challenge when you have when you're overloaded with events. Right. That know. happened to overlap the uh, the Drupal meetup yeah. as well, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was just it was the only real day that we had. So it was okay. just you know we're not that wasn't the plan. Yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, we'll definitely try to avoid that in the future one thing i wanted to mention about it was um you, know, you, you have a lot of meetups with pizza and stuff and i haven't heard many people complain about it but personally i'm, I'm somewhat picky mm. and uh i've seen a lot of like you know run-of-the-mill sort of pizza but you guys really stepped it up a notch with that goldie's pizza that was awesome. yeah yeah we just uh took a gamble on goldie's because yeah. uh, my girlfriend recommended it and i then i was like okay yeah i, I mentioned it to the sponsor group health 
and said, yeah, just check out these, uh, check out Goldies. I've never tried it, but my girlfriend says it's kick-ass, and it was kick-ass for sure. Yeah, it was gone. Was really Fifteen cool. pizzas were gone. Nice. Yeah, yeah, well, they were really good. Yeah, that was probably, I think everyone had about four slices because yeah, it was that good. Um, okay, so actually before that, I went to a couple of meetups as well, mm. uh, both on the same night, the night previous to that. It was out at the BCTIA Innovation Hub over on uh, Great Northern Way. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit out of the way from downtown, but not so much so that you can't walk. Sure. So I actually walked over. Uh, I think I went over the Canby Street Bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, it's about a half hour walk if you're if you're walking kind of slowly. Yeah. Uh, on the way back, we just powerhoused it and it was like 15 minutes. We were kind of <laughs> sweaty. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> over there. So that was pretty cool. There was, uh, I think, remember we had Ryan St. Germain on from BC Jobs? Yeah. Uh, he told us about this. There was um, there was some sort of recruiting event with uh, quite a few different companies there. So we talked to companies like Boeing, um, like uh, oh, there was another some sort of metrics company. I can't awesome. remember all the companies, but uh, yeah. but they were pretty cool and they were doing some pretty cool stuff. And it was it was nice. We made some good connections. Something I really liked about uh, actually talking to the people at Boeing mm. was um, I don't know if you know. They have a, a pretty big um, Boeing. This is something about planes or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. So they have a they have but they have a pretty big uh, software department in Vancouver. Yeah. And uh, one of the things they do, they do like a lot of analytics, and they yeah. do, and their customers end up becoming like some of the other airlines. And, yeah, uh, cool. So what they're doing now is they're extracting a team. Mm-hmm. Um, of data scientists, which mm-hmm. they actually have, they have yeah. like most of the data like the scientists. employee data scientists in their in their uh, right. In their so business. they they extract yeah. this team from their their bigger sort of monolithic business, mm-hmm. and then they have this microservice of a team, um, and they're working on some of the newest stuff, not having to go through maybe some of the um, some of the process that a large yeah. organization That's would cool. have to, um, and they're looking to employ mm-hmm. uh, some people who have a lot of experience with some of the newer methodologies and, you know, that are full stack developers or web developers, not necessarily the data scientists, mm-hmm. but maybe people who have kind of lean, agile approach to software development, mm-hmm. um, understand what Docker is, how that works, sure. and can contribute these sorts of ideas to yeah. f- in a fresh startup-y sort of way uh, existing within the greater umbrella of Boeing. So it seemed pretty cool. And I think a lot of companies are starting to take this approach. Isn't that just a, I guess you call it skunk works, right? Sure. Yeah. It's an idea that there was just this little patch of the company that mm-hmm. operates in a little isolation and they don't have the influence of the other company operating behind it. A lot of research teams operate that way. I know 3M is a huge one, yeah. that, a huge proponent of uh, oh, Skunkworks. Yeah, that's where like a lot of their stuff comes out of. Like nice. They do crazy experiments and then uh-huh, awesome uh-huh. stuff comes out. Yeah, well, I think it makes sense. And I think it's uh, a lot of a lot of the larger companies are starting to recognize that value. So that's, yeah, that's really cool. Um, and anyway, after that, we went. Uh, I went over to the um, the UBC Robson Square. There was mm. a meetup for Van Dev. Mm. Uh, now, this is the first time I actually went out to that, and it was uh, Cliff Hammersmith or Hammersmith Hammersmith. I'm not sure how you pronounce his last C-H. name. Although it's probably not that. Yeah. Anyway, Cliff um, gave a really, really good talk. He definitely is a knowledgeable guy. And uh, interestingly enough, um, so the all the examples were in C sharp, and it was. It, it, I'm not really that familiar with C sharp, sure. but it didn't really matter for the presentation. You could. Yeah. You could. He walked through what he was talking about and it made a lot of sense. Anyway, cool. um, and it was it was definitely a fun meetup to be at. There were about 50 people there, mm. I think, uh, and it was also kind of a network event as well, but everyone was a developer. So it was great. That was a really well-run uh, meetup. Definitely worth checking out. That was uh, architecting software for reuse, right? Yeah, it yeah, was. That's 
sounds cool. That I went to brilliant. the uh, Tech Vancouver meetup. Mm-hmm. Um, this was actually one of those paid events, 10 bucks to get in. Right. And I bought my tickets a few weeks before, um, just saying, like, oh, this looks cool. And it was at uh-huh. Unbounce. Unbounce is always a fun place to go and check out. And really easy to get to if you're yeah, in the downtown absolutely. core. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Went to that, had a really good time, met a bunch of people. Uh-huh. There was five really awesome speakers. Um, there was a guy from uh, Brent Mula. There was a lady talking about her startup, then how they went from like changing names and trying to find names. She said it was a real challenge to get these names because she had uh-huh. domain names and then you couldn't find the domain name and then you couldn't find, you couldn't get the trademark for it. Yeah, that so, can be an issue, huh? Yeah, for sure. And uh, So right. I actually wanted to mention uh, or wanted to ask, what do you think about these events that have a fee? It was only like 10 bucks or something, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is maybe a bit uh, like malicious, but if uh-huh. you can get you can get your money's worth if there's food and, and beer there. Uh-huh. So like it wasn't like there was a, a paid bar. There was I, don't, I don't necessarily see that as being malicious. I yeah. just wonder um, why. I, my my question, I guess, is uh, I'm not I'm not bashing sure. having to pay for an event, um, but it seems to me that it's pretty easy to mm-hmm. get sponsors for events that developers would go to. Yeah, you know I, mean? I was skeptical, um, but two people reached out out of uh, nowhere for the PHP one. Right? So I'm like, oh, okay, people actually want to sponsor. Yeah, if so. you if you have a meetup that's relevant and mm-hmm. you have a, a group that is primarily developers, it's yeah. it's relatively easy to get sponsors. Yeah. I, I I mean, it, it's not like we're asking for five thousand dollars for pizza. Yeah, it's what is one hundred fifty bucks or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and it and it just it puts a good word for the company out there. It's right. Uh, so. But on the other hand, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, if we charge a small fee, like five bucks or ten bucks, mm-hmm. it uh, it it kind of really ensures that people who register are going to show up. That's what I was even though say. it's only yeah. five bucks or ten yeah. bucks. Um, on the Got other some hand, skin in the game. Yeah, and yeah. I and I can kind of I can kind of see either way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, with Hackerness, for example, we do a uh, a donations bucket, mm-hmm. and it's kind of hit or miss with that. But I don't I don't like it as something we rely on, and I've been kind of toying with the idea of, you know what, maybe it would be better just to not have this. Mm. Uh, but it's something we do as an organization and sure. it helps. It pays, usually it pays for the water and ice and that's about it. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. it, as long as it covers, like no one's trying to operate in a, in a, in a meetup that loses money. Like mm. everyone would like to at least break even, like at least get to yeah, zero. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, there's, that's, that's completely reasonable. On the other hand, what that. about a meetup that happens during the day, during normal business hours that has uh, a price like 150 bucks or 300 bucks, then you're expecting your company to not yeah. only pay for it, but yeah. also to pay for your hours while you go to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. What do you think of those meetups? Yeah, I'm, uh, as an employer, it's kind of like, mm, I uh-huh. wish it was after, but as an employee, it's always like, oh, this is cool. I can take off and get paid to learn. So and they're, but cool. they're also way more expensive than yeah. you'd think they should be, right? Yeah. I think, it's, I think the caliber is usually different when you're charging like 150. Yeah. Like um, usually that's because like the speaker's flying or in or something. Or yeah. Or there's a series of speakers. Bucks. Yeah. 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 So that, I guess that makes sense to cover yeah. the cost of, of the speaker coming in, hotel fee, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, and was there anything else to mention from last week's meetups? Uh, I don't think so. I had a really good time last week. It was busy. Yeah, it was. It was a great week. And that's it for last week's meetups. So what about the next week coming up with meetups? Well, Monday, February 29th, Hacker Nest. So there are a couple of things happening. Um, there's actually the Spark Meetup as well, which oh. I, I really wanted to go to. Um, I don't think I made any notes for it this week, sure. but that was uh, I was signed up for it. And I think they had a change of location or mm. something last minute, and they ended up changing the date as well. Mm. So uh, I posted on there, uh, and I said, sorry, guys, can't come. Mm. Uh, this actually overlaps with Hacker Nest. So it does overlap for me for Hacker Nest because as an organizer, I have to go uh, early and start to, to set up. Yeah. But for most people, if you're interested in the Spark meetup, it looks like it will be pretty good. I haven't actually made it out to one yet. I sure. was really planning on making it to this one, but 
for obvious reasons I can't. Um, but uh, it, it starts at 6, I think, and okay. it'll finish by 8.30. So, I mean, there's nothing to say you can't go to both. Oh, yeah. Um, like, Hackernest starts a little late and runs a little late, too. Hackernest starts at 8, and uh, I just want to mention mm-hmm. to people, you know, it starts at 8, not at 7. <laughs> yeah. And so a, a lot of eager people kind of come and show up a little bit early, and, and it, that's fine, but there's nothing really for them to do at, a, at an yeah. empty office Helps building. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's, uh, it's often not as... Um, Probably not as fun for people if they're going to show up a little bit earlier. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. But anyway, that, that was my two cents on that. Uh, there's also, I think, a couple other things happening. There's So I talked with Adam, uh, Adam Dimitrik, by the way, yeah. who runs the Git Help Meetup. Mm-hmm. And that's scheduled for every Monday at 5. Uh, n- interestingly, mm-hmm. it doesn't always have people sign up for it. If it doesn't have anybody signed up, then he won't show up. If it oh, does have people signed up, then it's good to go. So they have to make sure they RSVP. Uh, or just sign up through the meetup. Just yeah. click, you know, yes, I'm going. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. there'll be someone there for sure. And that's something I would even like to show up for. I think it's just really fun. Some of the questions that you get. Yeah, um, sure. And, you know, it's kind of walking through different ways of using you Git know, with people. I bet if you showed Adam how your workflow is, he'd be like, here's what you need to change. Here's something that's easier. Yeah. Um, not that his workflows are always easier, per yeah. se. So he's uh, he's got a really interesting post. I'm not sure how relevant it is for today, but I think Mm. for a lot of people, it still is. Mm. I had a conversation about this yesterday with someone, which was um, branch per feature, which he wrote a a really nice blog post on. And I think feature branching or branch per feature seems to be a pretty common workflow these days. Although if you follow through the way that he's got it written up in his his blog post, it's not immediately obvious Mm. how it's supposed to be done. And then this versus something like, say, feature toggle, um, again, there's there's kind of arguments to be said for both, mm-hmm. uh, although I think from a purist, sort of what side of code are you releasing into the wild point yeah. of view, the branch per feature um, ideology, yeah. I'd like to say, uh, really makes a lot of sense. Especially for big stuff. Lots of contributors. Honestly, yeah. I would say, yeah, especially yeah. for big stuff, because then you know you're not going to get some messy sort of code that mm-hmm. might cause some side effects when you toggle it off. Another thing is master is usually flying ahead. While your feature branch stays behind, depends on how so, what your workflow is like. But yeah, yeah that's yeah. That, that might make sense. But you might want to be continuously like rebasing yeah, yeah. the feature branch. Usually, they ask you to do that before you merge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so we got some other interesting stuff coming up. Another one on Monday, uh, also from six to eight. So you could do this and then go to the Hacker Nest if mm-hmm. you wanted to. Uh, would be the uh, Intro to User Experience Design Workshop, and that's happening. Oh, I forgot to mention, I went to this meetup last week as well. Oh yeah, uh, at BrainStation. So this yeah. is happening at BrainStation. Yeah, this one's actually a paid event too. It's fifteen dollars, mm-hmm. so be sure to check. Make sure you you oh, okay. click the RSVP. A link fifteen dollar so event, but it's a it's actually maybe a class. Then it's an intro to user experience design. Yeah, it is. It's a what is user experience design and what do what do people in U- user experience do? I could drop fifteen bucks for that. That's yeah. I, I think it's um, uh, it's an interesting field, and I often think of. Uh, uh, UI UX in somewhere in the realm of armchair psychology. Yeah, a little you know, bit. It's kind of it's kind of hard to prove, but I think we're getting better and better tools to do things like you know A/B testing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a huge. Just A/B testing alone is a huge industry. Yeah, but to really isolate that one part of mm-hmm. the UI that that makes a difference or through that user experience, it's uh, there's a lot of moving parts. There was this crazy thing I saw. Maybe when Obama was first running, there was some guy who took over his campaign. Mm-hmm. And I think he managed to change the site's conversion. He managed to increase it by like 40% mm-hmm. for the sign up for the email. Yep. Just by tweaking things constantly. A-B testing. And it's really like you're building the ultimate version 
You said just in that, just by tweaking things constantly. Yeah. That's a lot of work, James. <laughs> well, I mean, it was his job, so I mean, right. but he managed, but that all that effort sure. garnered 40% increase in which signups. Which is huge. Which is massive, yeah. Right. So um, he was actually, I think the guy won an award for that campaign or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty amazing, and I think, um, you know, it definitely merits yeah, so an award. Super important, check it out. Yeah. Uh, same day again, uh, Monday, February 29th, we have at, at 6.30 p.m., the Van Mug or Vancouver MongoDB user group meetup. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's happening over at Lighthouse Labs, 128 West Hastings. Um, and so this is going to be pretty interesting. There's a guest speaker, uh, Stefan Steny Stenecker. That's a pretty cool yeah. name. Stefan Steny Stenecker from MongoDB. Yeah, he's actually speaking. He's actually a MongoDB Inc. employee, and he's speaking about the what's new in Mongo 3.2. Wow. So those are actually three things, four things. Uh, so the Spark meetup. The intro to user experience design and the van mug group mm. that I would really like to go to that I'm not going to be able to because I'll be at Hacker Nest or setting yeah. up for it. Um, have you used MongoDB much, James? Only in like uh, mean stack tutorials yep. or uh, lean stack tutorials, depending yeah. on what you're using, um, just for playing around. Um, yeah, same. I haven't yeah. used it much like in any sort of production environment, but for playing around for sure. I think I would use it for something where I do need that like flexible schema thing is always like the big thing that people want. Plus, like, tiny little documents that you can easily pull around and query is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, a lot of our stuff is relational, so it just doesn't right. make sense. Or just, like, maybe really fast reads. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, slower writes, potentially, yeah. if you're writing to a flat file with everything on it. Yeah. Um, okay, so one thing I want to make sure we hit on uh, that we don't always do. Let's take a look at each of these events we've mentioned so far and the ones going forward mm-hmm. and say, you know, do we need to bring our laptop? What do we need to bring? Oh, Who should be there? Yes. Who should show up? So going back to HackerNest... Um, do you need to bring your laptop? No, it's probably better if you don't, unless yeah. you're unless you're actually going to be showing someone something. Yeah. Um, so what kind of meetup is Hackernest? Well, as the organizer of Hackernest, Drew, maybe you could speak better to it than I can. All right. Uh, well, Hackernest is just basically a social meetup where people kind of go out. It's definitely hacker, so definitely people in the development community. Sure. Um, yeah. primarily developers come out and talk tech with each other yeah. over beers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not everybody has to drink beer. If you like to drink water, that's absolutely fine. But definitely the theme is talk about tech stuff. Yeah. Do you like, do you know what hacker means? Yeah. Uh, if so, then this event is for you. Sure. You should come out, talk to each other, talk about some cool tech. Um, you know, I, I think most of the conversations I have are uh, either in the realm of development or mm-hmm. some sort of sysadmin yeah. uh, or, you know, the DevOps movement and how awesome that is. Last time I was there, I talked to a guy for about 30 minutes on Ubuntu. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. All right. So what about the intro to user experience design workshop? Should you bring your laptop out to that? Um, possibly because you probably would want to take notes. Um, last time I went to BrainStation for one of these things, I did see a lot of people taking notes, um, mm-hmm. whether or not that was on their phone, laptop, or just a notebook. Uh, it might be If you're the kind of person that needs your laptop there to take notes, that might be a cool thing to bring. I don't think you'd be in trouble or it'd be frowned upon if you brought it. Um, if you didn't bring it, you'd be fine. You'd be fine as well. I would definitely bring my laptop to this, um, and I'd think that uh, if not, then maybe some really good uh, visual sort of uh, writing mm-hmm. materials, like a sure. notebook and sure. a pencil. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. For the what about for the Mongo meetup? I I wouldn't think so. Um, it's sort of like a technical talk. So again, like maybe if you needed to write notes, it'd sort of be on you. I don't think you'd be in trouble for bringing your laptop. Um, 
I mean, Lighthouse Labs, the area that they're probably speaking in is a smaller area, so you probably mm-hmm. will be shoulder to shoulder with people, so that's something to keep in mind. Well, they've got a pretty big open area as mm-hmm. well, and since this is in the evening at 6.30, they might have it all opened up. I guess it depends on how many people show up. Yeah. There's 23 currently registered now. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go ahead and bring my laptop for that. I don't think you'd... Uh, uh, I don't know if it's, I don't think that it's going to be a hands-on workshop, mm. but uh, I would bring mine yeah. just in case. All right. So after that, open coffee. Yeah. Uh, so this is the, again, this is the 8 a.m. one. This is Tuesday, March 1st at uh, 8 a.m. Nelson the Seagull, 315 Carroll Street. And you've been out to this a couple of times now, right, James? Just or, the one time, just the one but time. it was uh, it was pretty awesome because it's, nice. um, they sort of pen themselves as like startup drinks, but in the morning, yeah. if you don't know about either of these events. They're really just a small little event to socialize. There's no schedule or any type of call out to a particular industry. It's really just open coffee, chat with people in the community about something that you're doing. And you're saying that it's it's small enough that you can kind of talk to everyone? Oh, yeah, for sure. When That's I went cool. there, there was about five or six people. Now, yeah. given that was like a super rainy December day, yeah. so maybe there's more, but that was the one that I had, and it was pretty cool. All right. Well, I'll have to make it out to one, and maybe this Tuesday is the one. It's March 1st, so new beginnings, right? Yeah, absolutely. So this other one, um, I thought it was pretty cool. Type Brigade. Uh, number 30, Project Pairs. So if you're not sure what Type Brigade is, take a look at the Meetup page. We'll have a link down below. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically uh, like font faces, types, things like that, I believe. Yeah, there's a bunch of different Lettering. speakers um, talking. And it does say, we should mention that it does say, the doors open at 6.30, the talks begin at 7, and there will be no admittance during the talks. So this is an interesting one. Uh, this building, same building as MoGo, uh, by the way. And so this is 401 West Georgia Street. Um, the thing there is, I think it's from 5.30 or 6, the uh, the main doors close. Okay. Then the other thing is the elevators themselves yeah. from also 5.30 or mm. 6, uh, they, they stop going to most like of the floors. They have a lockdown kind of. That's right. Yeah. So unless you have an access card, you can't go there. And so the reason this is doors at 6.30, talk begins at 7, the reason this is like a strictly enforced thing, mm. you can probably show up a little bit before 6.30 and one of the security guards will let you into the lobby where you can hang around and wait with people. Um, but the reason this is a big deal is because it's hard for somebody to just go up and down the elevator helping people in. Yeah. And it's a pretty boring task to ask a, a volunteer employee uh, to do for you yeah. for a meetup. <laughs> so try and honor that. Uh, sure. And there'll probably be some... Someone posting an, a number, and I mean, the, the people at Unbounce are usually really nice and friendly anyway. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, uh, so it looks like some really good good talks there, and definitely something worth going out to, especially if you're interested in types. Yeah, let's look at the uh, Polyglot Social. That's also Tuesday, March 1st at 6 p.m. Awesome. So Polyglot, if you don't know or haven't been out, is a pretty awesome event. The Polyglot Social brings mm-hmm. drinks to that as well. And that's over at the uh, the St. Regis, 608 Dunsmere Street, 6 p.m. on Tuesday. Uh, come out, be ready to talk tech. Uh, as the name suggests, Polyglot. There's some really great uh, developers there mm-hmm. who are really uh, Polyglot developers. So if you want to talk, uh, you know, you just found out about Rust or you've been playing around with R or, you, yeah. you know, you, you got some new love with uh, Delphi or something, yeah. uh, you could probably find someone to, to talk sure. to there or even get into really just more theory stuff uh, over beers because who doesn't like that? Tech now, talks and beer. This one you know, wouldn't necessarily bring your laptop. There is a polyglot hack night, which would be a great place to bring your laptop True. to. But although you could. I yeah. mean, if you... No so would, this is the no kind of thing, you if, if you're you sitting did. around, if you're the type of person sitting around at the bar... Uh, talking with people, mm. having your uh, gin and soda or your yeah. beer or whatever it is, and you just have to pull out your laptop to so- show some cool thing or to, like to bust out your terminal, um, then you want to bring it. Otherwise, you don't have to. There's no uh, no requirement. 
Sure. Okay, Vancouver closure. So this is uh, Tuesday, March 1st as well, also from 6 p.m. This is over at Code Core, 142 mm. West Hastings. Definitely bring your laptop. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what the description says? It just says hack night. Hack period. night, yeah. yeah. So that's a great bunch of people. If you're interested in closure, if you've done anything in closure, if you just want to go out, hang out, and talk about closure, yeah. this is your meetup. Yeah, let's look at the uh, Learn Data Science reading group on March 2nd. Yeah, so as the name suggests, this is uh, if you're interested in data science and you want to learn data science, mm -hmm. this is perfect for you. It is a reading group. Mm -hmm. So there is some suggested. Uh, or required reading material. I wouldn't show up to a reading group and be like, "Hey, yo, I, uh, what books? Yeah, what's <laughs> you know? the Sparks notes? Yeah, on that I, book? <laughs> I definitely want to read that material Absolutely. first. Yeah, um, but that's awesome. I mean, it, have you ever read something and uh, and then talked with other people about that thing? It just it's just great. Yeah, I mean, it's always fun to like mention a book to some guy shouts out or some lady shouts out i read that too yeah, yeah. well it also like it helps you bounce the ideas off of other people and mm -hmm. really consume it more and and really sort of uh take that knowledge to that next level and yeah. uh, maybe offer your own opinions and oh yeah get for sure back on it and hear what other people think um so that's over in the grow headquarters if you just walk down granville street if you know where the sophos building is mm -hmm. um it's just i think the next building down 570 granville it's up on the 16th floor uh, if you walk in to the lobby, mm -hmm. um, you won't be able to get there. You know, if you actually make it into the building, yeah. how do I get to the 16th floor? Yeah. yeah. From the outside of the building, there's a buzzer. Uh, you buzz that and they'll let you up. Yeah. So what do you know about Grow? Not much, man. I don't know anything about Grow, to be honest. Okay. So this is this seems to be a, yeah. a, a theme uh, from people in tech, but it's, it looks like a really cool company. Um, have you ever heard of Groupland? I think so. Yeah, it sounds familiar. I think so too. It sounds yeah. familiar. So yeah. Groupland became Grow. Oh, and uh, okay. I think, don't quote me on this sure. because I might be wrong. Do your yeah. own research. But uh, I think what happened was uh, Marcus, mm. the the guy from uh, Plenty of Fish. Okay, I think he did uh, sold off Plenty of Fish and oh, I ended think up he did a bunch of money. Before. And then uh, yeah. I think he's one of the larger investors in Grow. Uh, so it looks pretty interesting, and they're doing, I, I guess, some sort of online uh, banking kind of disruptive stuff. Looks pretty cool, and uh, I've been over to their office one time. It was a really nice-looking office. Looks like a great group of people. Cool. Yeah. So this other one I found was the uh, Kick Demo Day. Oh, hold on. Learn Data Science Reading Group. Would you bring your laptop to that? What uh, kind of people possibly. should go to that? Um, well, first of all, you have to read the book, Analysis of Change Point Models. Um, they say you... Like, please read it before. If you don't understand it, then ask questions and discuss. So there possibly is a um, an area to bring your computer, especially if there's... So just to mention, rather than this being like a full book, it's uh, it's 26 pages of text. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not... It's something you could definitely read in an evening. Yeah. Um, although it does get into some mathematics and charts and kind of analysis type stuff. Yeah. So it's not, it's not going to be like 26 pages of comic books. Right. Uh, uh, but definitely worth worth reading through. So some of the topics would be like binary segmentation um, and uh, segmentation neighborhood search and so on. So I would definitely uh, make sure to read that. I'd bring my laptop, although I think uh, I don't think it's necessary. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. You're reading a book and talking about it. I don't necessarily think it makes sense. I mean, they're not. This isn't like the programming meetup. Like the poly, there's a polyglot reading group too, right? Although the book itself, uh, in this case, is available online. Yeah. So you might want to bring it to reference different points. Sure, if that's your thing, and you want to, even you could even print it out. I mean, if you really wanted to, highlight some stuff and ask people questions if you're going to forget. Print it out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hurt those trees. Yeah. <laughs> so next on the docket is the uh, kick demo day. 
So this is actually Thursday, March 3rd. And that's over at uh, Spring Headquarters, 211 East Georgia Street. Um, do you know anything about Spring? It's a uh, it's like a boot camp or um, an incubator for different careers and starting a business. A so you boot would go camp there. or an incubator? I mean, I guess it depends on, it's just, I guess, semantics in this case. It's like, okay. well, our, when is it a boot camp? When is it an incubator? Mm-hmm. But they're sort of helping people take an idea and actually bring it to launch. And the, the, the uh, Spring has this thing and it's called Kick. It's a program that you actually become part of. Oh, so, okay, cool. Um, there, they have an alumni group that actually gets access to support and different types of things as they're, um, as they graduate and move on to the, whatever they're doing, they can actually come back and use some of the alumni, uh, uh, features of the, of the company. Oh, that's pretty interesting. So I might want to, uh, go out to this event just to even get a better sense of what spring and kick are. Yeah. They have like a bunch of mentors for kick, uh, yeah. a guy from Samsung, guy from foodie, uh, guy from Tonlick, guy from junction, uh, fluid creative fairware so they have a bunch of ceos and 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 coos and a mm-hmm. bunch of managing directors and all this stuff they it seems like their uh their uh impact mentors are is a pretty big deal yeah so this would be the demo day for that uh that program mm-hmm. so yeah march 3rd 5 30 spring hq 211 east georgia it's free but you should register so there's a registration link and I think that um, in this case, it, it's uh, explicit that you should register. Mm-hmm. But I think that's implicit with all of the meetups, um, you know, just as a, even as out of respect for the organizers or, or whatever. Um, if you're organizing a meetup and you have a ton of people show up that haven't registered, uh, one of the problems with that is you just might not have gotten enough beer. <laughs> you know, yeah. or pizza or sure. water or whatever it is yeah. uh, you might not have the seating capacity or yeah. things like that having a heads up of how many people are going to show up yeah. uh, is usually nice to have yeah. I don't know if you noticed this with the PHP meetup but I, I noticed typically we get around the, somewhere around 50% mm-hmm. of the registered uh, uh, attendees yeah. actually show up yeah I think our ours I think at the night of was about 50 and there I'd say there was close to there was close thirty ish. Um, like that. I I don't know. Yeah, forty. I was. Yeah. I was thinking. So a little so over fifty percent. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But yeah, let's jump to the uh, .NET user group. Yeah. So this looks kind of interesting. They're the .NET user group of BC. That's uh, over at the BCIT downtown campus, uh, rooms two eighty two and two eighty four. That's five fifty five Seymour Street. So if you are in the downtown area, that's right down the street from the Granville SkyTrain station. Um, and that should be a lot of fun. That's coming up on Thursday at 5.45 p.m. So whether you're a .NET user or just interested in it, mm-hmm. I think I might actually go and check this out just because mm-hmm. um, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that I've been reading lately, blog posts, yeah. um, and, you know, that I mentioned the meetup that I went to last week, uh, a lot of the, the examples are in C Sharp. Mm-hmm. And uh, I might I might just want to get a little bit more familiarity with the the whole .NET uh, framework and, yeah, that'd be and cool. see what's going on with that. Yeah. And the final thing that's actually happening on the weekend of March 5th is the Vancouver Open Data Day Hackathon. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. remember we had uh, Gilliam Vrooman yep. on. She's the president of the Open Data Society. Yep. Um, so the, the Open Data Society and uh, Code for Canada are co-hosting this. This is happening over at Brain Station. Uh, which is uh, the fourth floor, 400-1110 Hamilton Street. So this is going to be really cool. I think if you're interested in hacking on uh, open data, so building something that's using some of the open data, if 
hopefully BC open data, although it doesn't have to be only yeah, that. Yeah, it's not a requirement. Um, right. Uh, then definitely come out and work on that. If you're, if you don't have the time to show up all day, uh, but you'd really like to come out and mm -hmm. help out, maybe you have some expertise, um, you can come out and mentor. That would be awesome. Also, I think we're still looking for a couple of judges. Mm -hmm. So the judges, this will happen at the end of the day. So something like, uh, if you're, if you're free Saturday night between eight and nine. Yeah. Because um, I know we all are, uh, then come on out. Sure. I think there'd probably be some free beer and something yeah. like that, but uh, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that either. Yeah, definitely. I, I kept my eyes on this because uh, uh, Gillian uh, gave us a heads up early mm -hmm. saying, hey, check this out, please. So it's definitely going to be really cool. And uh, there's definitely a lot of different opportunities to meet different people in the industry. And it is like sponsored by the Open Data BC uh, like government group, right? Well, it's hosted uh, by the right. Open Data BC government group, co-hosted yeah. with Code for Canada. Yeah. And uh, I'm actually really excited about Code for Canada now because mm -hmm. we finally have uh, a really good anchor project to kind of get things kickstarted. Um, yeah. This is something we started it up a about a year ago, and um, the idea was to build relationships with government mm -hmm. and uh, and developers and community and sure. kind of bring those three things together to solve local problems. Um, but we didn't have uh, we didn't have exactly that anchor project, you know. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by an anchor project yeah. is something something big enough, something sustainable with enough momentum behind it that mm. it's going to keep going forward. Yeah. And then you can have all sorts of other satellite projects around that. Um, and uh, so now we do. So it, that's the open parking project. Mm. Uh, and we'll have Adam Dimitrik who kickstarted this open parking project. Uh, and there are a few other people behind it, but they'll be coming out to mentor. So if you're interested in getting involved in working on open data, mm. in uh, doing some doing some cool work, I think, on top of parking uh, parking data and working with potentially different municipalities around the world, getting them up to speed and using this. Uh, there should be a lot of work in that field. Uh, then Adam will be out there to help you get started. Cool. And uh, we always ask, who should attend this type of event? So this one would be anybody who's, you know, an aspiring uh, sort of junior developer who's interested in writing uh, stuff on top of open data, somebody who's well seasoned, and just now it's time to actually buckle down mm. and uh, get that pet project out into the open. Anybody who's interested in building stuff on top of open data, mm. meeting with people who, who uh, are or who are interested in um, mentoring for that as well. Sure, they actually have a huge list of people that they're they're really they're not necessarily explicit about who they're gonna who's allowed to come, but they mm -hmm. have developers, designers, GIS gurus, nonprofits, librarians, statisticians, citizens, and public servants. Mm -hmm. So it's all over the map. If you're interested, you should come. That's basically what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. I think it'll be a really awesome event. Make sure to come out and do bring your laptop. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's, that's it, it for meetups around town. All right, we're here with Savay Marcotte from Fourteen Oranges. How are you doing? Good, how about you? Good, really good. Thanks for joining us today, Sylvain. So we wanted to ask you a little bit, maybe we'll start out uh, a little bit about 14 Oranges. All right, so 14 Oranges, we started in 2009 as a mobile app development company. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, we, we saw a gap in the Vancouver market for mobile app developers. Mm -hmm. And uh, we started 14 Oranges slowly and, and surely. And started working on mobile apps for other companies that wanted mobile apps. Uh, we've had customers such as, uh, for example, uh, Pacific Blue Cross. Uh, we've done apps for Shaw Cable. We've done apps for uh, local radio stations like JRFM, uh, 102.7 The Peak, uh, and also a slew of smaller companies, startups, um, in quite a variety of industries. So mm -hmm. we've done you know, travel apps. We've done um, 
apps, for example, uh, the BC Safety Authority for their inspectors. Mm -hmm. um, we've done apps for, um, you know, like I mentioned, uh, mm -hmm. Blue Cross, which is insurance-based. Uh, so quite a variety, mm. uh, and basically, you know, been doubling year on year since two thousand nine. Wow, uh, doubling year on year since two thousand nine. Yep. Wow. So um, what's the size of the team now? Uh, we're about eighteen now, eighteen twenty. Oh, yeah. Awesome! Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, in two thousand, towards the end of two thousand thirteen, uh, beginning of two thousand fourteen, we we realized that. A lot of the apps we were working on, uh, there was always a web backend, um, you know, some kind of database. Some, mm. Sometimes it was a website required. Because yeah. a lot of times you use an app, uh, but the app is really the tip of the iceberg. Right. You have all these backend services that are enabling the app to do what it can. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes it's, you know, customers land on a web page, they learn about your service, they sign up, they put their credit card information, so you have all the billing, the database information, mm. yeah. they put their profile. Then they go use the app, but then you have all this this backend that's making the app possible. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so we, we noticed like I think ninety percent of the apps that we had built had this information, and sometimes customers came to us and wanted us to build the whole thing. Right. So we kept outsourcing that work, mm -hmm. and eventually realized you know what we, we need to start bringing that knowledge in house. Sure. And uh, we looked to hire, and we were working with a Richmond company at the time. Mm -hmm. um, a little company called Delta Business Services, mm -hmm. and decided to acquire them. Uh, oh, so nice! In 2014, we acquired them, and uh, so grew the team uh, bigger. Mm -hmm. And what it allowed us to do as well is basically expand our portfolio because sure. a lot of customers would come to us and say, "Hey, uh, we need a mobile app." Right. And we review their requirements and say, "You know, really, you don't need a mobile app. Sure. You just need a responsive web page." Sure. Mm -hmm. And now we can do that. Oh, great. Um, yeah. Or, yeah, we, you do need a mobile app, but your mobile app is not too, um, you know, it's, it's not rocket science or it's, you mm -hmm. know, it's pretty simple. Therefore, we, and, you know, most of the time they'll need it on iOS, Android, mm -hmm. and maybe other platforms. Mm -hmm. So then we can look at using PhoneGap, which is JavaScript based, mm -hmm. right. which the web guys have that knowledge yeah. to go and build it. Mm -hmm. So, again, you know, and then, okay, you still need a mobile app. It's a little bit more fancy. Okay, now we can do native. So now we have okay. a wider. A portfolio of offering. That's pretty interesting because I've heard um, kind of mixed reviews for uh, PhoneGap, and also at the same time, uh, some some people say you know get a oh. get a uh, responsive site that's fine, yeah. but others are really really diehard for the, sure. the native experience. Where do you sort of draw that line and say you know this is this is something where we'd really want that native experience. This is something where PhoneGap's a perfect fit, and this is something where you know what um, uh, um, responsive design would be fine. It goes back to the um how often the, the app is going to be used or the, mm -hmm. okay. the solution is going to be used. So if you're looking at something that's going to be used once every six months, once a year, once a month, mm -hmm. responsive websites probably make, makes more sense. Versus even a wrapped app then. What I see happening in the app world yeah. is mm -hmm. basically what's been happening in, in, you know, the desktop apps. Right. You know, you look back 15 years ago, uh, Everything was you actually, if you wanted to do something on your computer, mm -hmm. you had to download an app, install yeah. it, and run it. Absolutely. You know, it was all native, mm -hmm. right? Over the last 10 years, we've seen a migration of a lot of solutions migrating to the web. Right. Right. Browser based. Browser based. Mm -hmm. Just Google um, Apps alone is a massive 
uh, you know, well, migration. Even, even something like yeah. Slack, for example, I know oh, yeah, a lot of people one. download the client, but yeah. I've, for, for me, I have it on my mobile. I have the mobile yeah. client, but I've never actually downloaded a desktop client. But, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's the same thing that's happening here. Right. So, like, you're looking at some of them, you know, if you're doing it once in a while, uh-huh. web is fine. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll use uh, Gmail as an example. Right. Okay. Um, Gmail is a great web-based uh, email client. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still not, you know, in my opinion, as, as strong as a lot of the desktop mail clients. So right. if you're a power, you know, yeah, yeah. for example, I, I, I read, that. I receive 100 to 200 emails a day, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got them all open. Yeah. And sometimes I start typing one and, okay, I need more information there. I got to wait. Mm-hmm. And then I switch to another one. I drag I and drop or cut and paste. So you want them side by side. Right, right. You just can't do that in Gmail. Yeah. Right? It's great for, oh, okay, I, I need to answer a quick question quickly or, you know, I'm, I'm traveling. I need to answer my email. Great for that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for power use, native is still better mm-hmm. yeah and this is again going back to what i was saying about the mobile apps if you're getting down to your app needs to be used every day mm-hmm. uh, you know twice a day three times a day four times a day um, this is where native will outshine a lot of the cross-platform oh, yeah. toolkits right because you know a lot of problems with the cross-platform toolkits phone mm-hmm. gap included is yeah. sometimes they have to make decisions as to the user experience right right, right? And they'll have to make some some you know sort of common denominator or, or right. um, what's the word here um, anyway common denominator. They have to say mm-hmm. okay, well on, on Android it's done this way, on iOS it's done this way. They got to pick. Mm-hmm. And so okay, yeah. we'll do the iOS one, mm-hmm. right? I see. Yeah. But now if you're an Android user and every time you try, for example, let's say a delete. So on delete, mm-hmm. typically on Android, you sort of hold your key or your, your finger on the list item. Mm-hmm. You wait a little bit, and then the item kind of becomes, and it can kind of swipe it away. Sure. On iOS, you typically use the you know, little button at the top, then the roll shifts, and then you delete. Right. right? You select your actions and then Exactly. Action. So yeah. if you're used to the Android model, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. PhoneGap is providing you the one that iOS does, right. and you have to delete like you know seven or eight times a day, Yeah. It, it can become very frustrating. I've definitely right. noticed, uh, you know, I, I was an iPhone user, but for the past two, three, four years now, maybe, mm-hmm. I've been uh, Android all the way. And whenever yeah. I pick up an iPhone, I'm like, wow, how do you even use this? <laughs> What's with this one button? And yeah. it just seems really alien. So, yeah. So, again, you know, if PhoneGap provides you the iOS model, because mm-hmm. that's typically what they'll do, because that's still a bigger population, at least sure, in right. North America. Yeah. Um, then you have a little bit of that frustration when you're an Android user. Right? Yeah. So there's also a limit between um, accessing hardware, right? Like a responsive website can't use Bluetooth. Not yet. That's a that's an asterisk on that because those APIs are coming, but they're just not here right now. So to get around that, you might use PhoneGap or something and wrap it up if you need a Bluetooth. Or Typically, when, when you're starting to use onboard capabilities for the device, yeah. you want to start native. going native. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, all these cross-platform toolkits are always playing a catch-up game. Yeah. Because, you know, Apple is already pretty much done their iOS 10. They're going to announce it in June. Sure. Right? All yeah. the features are set. You can start playing them in June. You know, PhoneGap and all these people, they're they're waiting just like us to see what are the feature set and that's going to be done in yeah. June. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, now we have three months to come up with, you know, whatever the new feature is yeah. on iOS. Mm-hmm. And then they, they say, okay, what, Android doesn't have what, doesn't have the same feature. What do we do? Yeah. Uh, 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 and, and then they got to sort of prioritize the list of features. Sure. And then if it so happened that, you know, Bluetooth is what you're needing mm-hmm. in your app. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. You're I think a big one recently was fingerprint stuff. Android right. was super late to the fingerprint game. Whereas like yeah. iOS had them for, had it for a while, had it for mm-hmm. like almost a year or something before you really started to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
idea. That's pretty crazy. Another one that I'm actually kind of wondering about, you see, um, sometimes you see a lot of differences between uh, a mobile and a web experience, like just features that are not accessible in the, mm-hmm. in the native app. Uh, you mentioned Gmail, and this is a big pet peeve of mine, is uh, on the go, I'll get Gmail on my, my mobile client, you know, and I, and I see somebody's email that I really want to respond to, but now that I've touched it, it's been read, and the way that I sort my email is my web client, uh, somewhat limited, mm-hmm. is uh, is that you know if it's if it's been read, then it's usually filtered and it's gone somewhere that I don't immediately see it anymore. And sometimes I just lose emails because I've checked on the go, so I I purposely try not to read them yeah. now. So it kind of negates the the even the purpose and sure having the mobile. I, I use my email like a task list. I use mm-hmm. Inbox by Google. Right. You should check it out because it lets check you it out. snooze stuff. Doesn't it's work not the for same. Me. It's not quite well, the same. Well, but... just the way that I have my filters set up. Yeah. I have the same thing, yeah. and I think you know Apple has noticed the same uh, pattern because yeah. in their uh, when they launched their 3D Touch, mm-hmm. one of the features they have mm-hmm. is the ability to click on an email and expands. You see the whole thing, but it, it's not marked as red. Right. Oh, so nice. oh see, that's really cool. Yeah. I'd love cool. I'd love something like that with Gmail. Yeah. And you know. It, Gmail, it, if you're listening. Well, it's a reason for me to start switching. And <laughs> sure. I've, I've started to notice that, um, you know, when you have multiple multiple accounts, then, you know, your Gmail client's just no longer that great of a, mm-hmm. of a thing. Also, if you ever have a, a, a need for IMAP, which you might not, but sure. if you ever do, yeah. you have some sort of shared uh, shared email, um, yeah. then you might want to, to look at a different solution. Sure. Okay, so why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, Sylvain? So you started out, um, looks like you had uh, electronics and electrical engineering degree. That's correct. So I graduated from UBC in uh, 1995 from mm-hmm. uh, electrical engineering uh, electrical engineering degree. Mm-hmm. Um, when I graduated, I always kind of, you know, part of me wanted to start my own company. Yeah. Uh, I had some ideas at the time, but I said, you know what, I'll, I'll go and get some experience and then I'll do something sure. sounds pretty reasonable yeah um then you know after my first job you know i worked there for about five years six mm-hmm. years and what were you doing uh i was a application engineer in a semiconductor industry for a company called brooks, uh, nice. brooks automation um basically got to wear bunny suits all the time and <laughs> sounds awesome <laughs> um, so you're working like a clean room and stuff in many times we had to work in oh, a clean cool. room. yeah that's yeah. cool um and then uh, at that time, I, I started thinking, okay, you know, is it time to start my company? I said, no, I think I need a little bit more experience. Sure. And did another stint, another different semiconductor company for about five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, learned a lot. And then um, then the opportunity came with a voice over IP company called Counterpath. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I was like, okay, you know, I think experience would be good. So, yeah, mm-hmm. And then... It was about that time that um, when I was at Counterpath, that I started, you know, moving up the ladder a little bit, uh, becoming first manager of the customer engineering group and director of customer engineering and support. Mm-hmm. Eventually, ended up with VP of engineering, mm-hmm. and then um, it was about that time that I noticed the gap in the uh, in the industry, and I said, okay, now at this point, you know, I have to make the yeah, jump. Sure. Uh, so you spent the last about twenty years in Vancouver, then, or those were those companies outside of Vancouver? They're all in Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. I guess uh, 09 really starting to anticipate the the big trend toward mobile and uh, the actually I, I anticipated as soon as Steve Jobs raised this yeah, thing and, and showed the yeah. The, uh, the iPhone, I yeah. was like yeah. going back to my company. I said we need to work on this, mm-hmm. and at that time they were hesitant, and uh, you know kept explaining, hey, we need to do something about yeah. this. We need to do yeah. something about this, and 
I can remember that. And this was around the time where, you know, when I saw that, I was like, wow, I'm getting that for sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was around the time when um, I think I just kind of hopped on board the Mac train. And uh, one of the reasons I was, I spent about, you know, three, four hours a day on the subway at the time I was living in Korea. And uh, I really needed something portable that didn't need a mouse because I didn't have space for it. And I, I really liked the trackpad feel. Uh, on a MacBook, but I was still like, I was, I was still looking for something and I thought, you know, it'd be really awesome if I could stand and do my computing. And I only needed web browsing, you know, right. I needed to do a lot of research. I was studying some stuff and, um, and I, and I was thinking of some sort of contraption where I could have a harness to hold my laptop or what. And I thought, you know, it'd be so cool if I could hold this thing in one hand and boom, there it was. Mm. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's, it's, uh, I was in high school at the time and I remember the first time I saw an iPhone, I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Look how tiny it is. It's a computer. It's yeah. just so amazing. And now you see like um, uh, Sylvain's wearing a wa- an Android watch, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's probably as capable as that iPhone was just a few, a few years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you, you anticipated this, you got into it. What were some of the challenges or hurdles that you had to, to face and overcome uh, for starting out with 14 Oranges? Uh, I mean, it's, it's like with any business. I mean, mm-hmm. it's... Um, you know, doing the leap from, you know, I had a cushy job, mm-hmm. you know, showed up every day, got my paycheck and everything, and then doing the leap to, hey, now I got to, you know, do the work, get paid, and then sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, some customers don't pay right away, right. and having these gaps, and, sure. and, you know, basically setting up the cash flow is, is really one of the big mm-hmm. things that can keep you up at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time, you know, it's you get to a certain level, you get comfortable, and then you're like, okay, we need to grow again, and then you get, okay, should I hire somebody, should I bring a contractor, mm-hmm. all that, right. you know. And then sometimes it's it's just customers come in, and you got to evaluate, you know, everything we do is custom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We don't have any products. Um, and customers come in and say, we need to do this. And it looks interesting, and you got to say, okay, is this you know worth this much or this much? And you got to take a risk every time for every, right. every customer. Yeah. Uh, so you got to estimate the actual oh, yeah. time and cost. Exactly. Yeah, I know wow. about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's always a tough part for everyone. So how did you... So going from engineering where um, you, know, you're, you were being essentially told how to build stuff, how to make stuff, how did you actually transition to someone who's telling a team how to build stuff, how to make stuff? In an industry that was brand new. Well, this this transition wasn't for me. It wasn't necessarily you know overnight. Right. Uh, you know, basically, you know, I, I spent. I started you know as an engineer, mm-hmm. and then when I was at Brooks, became a team lead. So I started learning how to you know manage people and, and mm-hmm. assign tasks and, mm-hmm. and delegate. Uh, eventually, became a manager. So started dealing and doing less coding, a little bit more sort of HR and management, mm-hmm. hiring people. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, became all the way to VP of engineering, where I ran mm-hmm. basically the whole engineering team for that company. Uh, Work with the sales team, so you know went on a lot of sales pitch, um, help with RFPs, travel to meet, meet customers, wow. um, did presentations. Um, so, you know, I had, you know, that experience that I was looking for when I was graduating, I right. had all of that. Right. Yeah. It um, sounds like coming out of university, you had a pretty solid plan to, to get some experience and go through it. And then you really followed through with that from exactly that, you know, I, I, engineer. I, I don't know if I'd call to, it a plan, but yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, it looks like it. I mean, the, yeah. looking back on it, it looks like it was a kind of a perfect lead up, uh, into CEO president of a, of a tech company. Can you talk about the future of 14 Oranges or what kind of cool things are coming out for 2016 in the future? 
Well, one of the trends we're tracking is, uh, and, and we've been sort of heavily involved in, is the whole mobile workforce mm-hmm. uh, and how basically mobile apps are changing their the way they work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, example, we've been working with the BC Safety Authority. Um, they have a team of about 150 inspectors mm-hmm. that are responsible for performing inspections from, you know, you got uh, a new electrical panel installed in your house by a contractor. They yeah. come and verify it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a, you know, some some um, gas work done in your, you know, for your boiler or mm-hmm. not your boiler, your your uh, stove water eater. Yeah, yeah. Or your stove. They come and inspect it. Uh, mm-hmm. You're doing, you know, a chairlift at Whistler that needs to be inspected once a year. Right. Um, so they we produce a solution for them where they have iPads. And in the morning they get up, they go and sync their iPad to a backend database and they mm-hmm. get their the list of inspections they're supposed to do during the day. Right. And then after that, everything is offline. They can perform their entire inspections and not have to, you know, connect anywhere. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, or they get back to a coffee shop, they've mm-hmm. done like five or 10 inspections, whatever. Right. Um, then they just press sync and all the information, oh, all cool. the permits get issued. Um, so you said um, you don't particularly have any any products at 14 Oranges, but doesn't something like that sound like a pretty pretty amazing thing to productize? This is something we're actually looking in, in, in doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're evaluating uh, different options, uh, but it's certainly something we, we're looking into doing, yes. Sounds think, really cool. I think every agency or like uh-huh. development company always wants to have a product. Yeah. They're, they're envious of like having clients and dealing with the up and downs of work and having new projects rolling on and on. And there's companies that just want to move away from that. At least a lot of the friends that I have and other friends that own companies are always like, oh man, I need a product. I need to productize something. Is that true with 14 Rangers? I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, you know, one of our first product was a product called Questigo, which is a mobile scavenger hunt platform. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, it's kind of, a, we started that in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the plan was to do something like that where, mm-hmm. you know, the, the advantage with having a product is you start having more residual revenue, you know, sort of passive income. Yes, right. You know, right now we're... we're Sales cycles. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, every time we got to look and say, okay, we, we've got to... We're booked for three months and then, okay, we got to start selling for those next three months after that. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Just, it's never ending. Okay, yeah. so I'd like to talk a little bit about Stack. I mean, obviously, uh, you've, you said phone gap stuff um, for native, you know, iOS and Android and whatever other platform, maybe BlackBerry, if that comes up. But uh, what about for the for the web stack? What sort of technologies are you, are you guys So using? typically our bread and butter is, is a LAMP stack. Mm-hmm. So Linux, Apache, and MySQL, mm-hmm. and uh, PHP. PHP. Yeah. Oh, cool. um, that, that's sort of, you know, our de facto what we use. Mm-hmm. Uh, more recently, we, we've dabbled in, into AngularJS. Mm-hmm. Uh, so cool. we've actually went, done some work for the BC Safety Authority for their website, yeah. and that was based on AngularJS. Uh, we've also, we had a, um, um, we're launching a, um, for one of our customers, a um, car rental system you know, mm-hmm. similar to Expedia. Yeah. Um, and it needed a lot of uh, processing power because basically we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, eight or ten different uh, car rental agencies mm-hmm. and sort of collating yeah. all the information that they provide, providing mm-hmm. that into a list. Yeah. And, you know, each uh, car agency has a dif- different API, different mm-hmm. XML that we need to yeah. parse. Aggregations and stuff like it, that. Bas- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we want to be, you know, one of the requirements is to have results within six seconds. So mm-hmm. you do a search for, you know, I need a car in Orlando for this date to this date, mm-hmm. this type of car. So does that always have to be with real time or can you sort of... Uh, 
collect the data and store it in a local cache? Or? Uh, I, I, I don't have the full details as to how that was done. Right. Uh, all I know is that if we had done that, we would try with our standard, standard uh, LAMP stack, it would not, not work. Yeah, right? it would, yeah. Just the performance would not have been there. If we had tried Java, it's, there's also uh, some question marks. Hmm. So we end up using Django and, and, and Python. Python. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But that still falls under the LAMP stack, potentially, if you use Python instead of PHP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Pi, the Pi stack. Yeah. But we actually end up, we're not using Apache. I believe we're using Tornado. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. Do you know what the uh, reasoning was behind that? Again, it was performance, and there were some yeah. additional uh, capabilities that Tornado could provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that does sound pretty cool. Okay, so 14 Oranges. Uh, is 14 Oranges hiring? Uh, right this minute, no. Uh, <laughs> but... Really, we're always hiring. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, some of our best hires, you know, weren't really, you know, we didn't go in and do a post. It was somebody that came available, and we just, for example, hired a VP of sales and marketing, mm-hmm. and it's not like we were out there looking. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a friend that I used to work with, mm-hmm. and yeah. right I mean, time, right place. Sort of became thing. available. Great resume is a great resume. Very exactly, cool. exactly, yeah. and you know, that's something I learned through. You know, talk about my experience is. is you know, when you find good people, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, if, if they become available, grab them because they'll be worth their, their weight in gold. Right. Uh, and, and that's how we also grew the company. A lot of the hires were people I've worked with in the past. Some mm-hmm. of them were previous co-op students that I've worked mm-hmm. with. Um, my CTO was a co-op student of mine wow. you know, back in, in the Brooks days. Mm-hmm. And we kept in touch. And then when, you know, he was working at Kodak for a long time and mm-hmm. decided that, well, Kodak was in The film company? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it was... The writing's on the wall for Kodak for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, he yeah. he was working for a company called Creo, which got acquired by Kodak. Oh, cool. And then, yeah. yeah, interesting. So, what about for customers? What sort of uh, what sort of customers would come to Fourteen Oranges? Again, you know, we, we've done a lot of work with mobile workforces. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done a work with uh, telecom industry. Um, one of our sort of largest customers, a company called Aris. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a uh, cable equipment provider okay. based in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did uh, the first product we did for them was a video on demand solution. Um, so they had a video on demand backend, um, and we built an app so that you know decide, hey, you know, I want to watch TV on my iPad or on my iPhone, mm-hmm. and you select, you know, see a list of shows that are available, and you say, okay, tonight I want to watch, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, mm-hmm. and then you go and it, you purchase it, and it goes on your cable bill, and you start watching it on your iPad. Cool. You can press pause, you can finish it on your set-top box, or finish it on your iPhone. Nice. On the... Has that uh, concurrency through, or uh, it, it knows when you left off and when you pick up. So yeah, you exactly. just keep going, jumping from device to device without losing exactly, your pickup yeah. or anything. That's cool. It does sound uh, cool. And then that led to more work with their, um, their PVR uh, solution. Uh, our group in, in Kirkland, mm-hmm. and where this time we built a, a PVR uh, app. So basically, we're here and we're like, oh shoot, the Canucks are playing tonight, uh, and I won't be able to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you go on your phone or your iPad, you just scroll the, the guide for the next two weeks, and it's okay, the Canucks are playing, go and record it, and it sends a message through the cloud to your PVR at home, wow. and it gets recorded. Um, Very cool. And the other capabilities we've added is ability to stream it back to your iPad. So oh. you're traveling, you're in, you know, in Seoul, and you're like, okay, there's no hockey whatsoever, yeah. <laughs> and you, you want to watch the Canucks, and you know, uh-huh. you record it at home, and it goes at time difference as well. Yeah. So you get up in the morning, the game's already done, but you want to stream it from your, you know, from your yeah. cable box at home. Yeah. Interestingly, one of my friends in Seoul was the uh, the hockey coach for Korea University. <laughs> <laughs> there is some. That's fine. Yeah, not at a pre- professional level. 
Okay, cool. Well, if I want to know more about 14 Oranges, uh, either maybe I'm, I'm just interested in it, or I have a project that I'd like 14 Oranges to do, or maybe I think I may be a good fit, uh, what's a good way to reach out? Uh, well, you can come to our website page. It's www.14oranges.com. So it's mm -hmm. 14oranges.com. Um, we'll have a link to that as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's, you know, if you got a good resume, you want us to look at it, uh, send it to hr at 14oranges.com. Mm -hmm. uh, we're on Twitter. So twitter.com slash 14oranges. Mm -hmm. uh, we're on LinkedIn. Um, Are you active in any of the meetups? Um, yeah, we um, attend a lot of the iPhone meetups. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Awesome. Sounds great. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Sylvain. Yeah. No problem. Thanks for being on the Vancouver Tech Podcast. It was my pleasure. Very nice having you. Thanks for listening to another episode of VancouverTechPodcast.ca. That's our site. You can actually email us too at show at VancouverTechPodcast.ca. Or find us in the YVR Dev Slack. I'm at Drew. I'm at James. We're almost always online. You can actually get an invite to YVR Dev Slack if you haven't got one already at yvrdev.herokuapp.com. See you there. Bye.